2: This show is brought to you by The Makery,
3: the podcast network for makers.
2: Welcome to another episode of Knife Talk Podcast. This is Marco Malamasi reporting to you in the middle of the day. I feel so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I'm here with Jeff Fader of Fader Knives and the brewmaster, Mr. Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives uh we're here to answer questions talk knives make jokes all that fun stuff how the week how's the week been you guys let's start with uh jeff or do we want to start, which one you guys want to take it
3: uh, you're you're shot out of a cannon i love it i love it <laughs> i'm looking forward to a different dynamics it's for everybody it's friday afternoon craig's half in the bag mureka just had lunch we're this is going to be a whole different ball. it's not sunday morning anymore fine <laughs> It was a great week. I hate to say I like this on Friday afternoons, finishing the, the week off. I actually had a great week, nice. and a crazy week, but a great week. And the uh, in terms of knife stuff, I got to make some stuff. I'm I got it was like celebrity chef week, which was great. So I'm going to be making a knife for uh, Julia Davison, who's the um, she's on this PBS show called America's Test Kitchen, and she's oh, yeah. been flaunting one of my knives lately and she just got in contact and she wants another one which is super cool and then um i did a kind of a, a wacko knife that i uh that my friend uh elon um elon hall who is the uh first winner of top chef i mean i'm dealing with him this week and then i just sent the knife out to jacques pepin today that was oh, like wow. highlight fucking shit yeah highlight shit he's you know if you don't know who jacques pepin is You might be an EDC guy. You might not be a culinary guy. (laughs) Jacques Pepin is like the king of, I mean, he's French chef, king of the United States in the 50s. And then he was a chef. He worked with, uh, I know, uh, Howard Johnson back in the day. And he was just one of the the pioneers of uh, French cooking in the United States. And then he ended up doing a lot of TV shows um, early on when it was just like him. Like classic stand
2: and stir stuff, right?
3: classic but like he had a way about him like if you can if you want to learn how to make a perfect omelet go you look up his youtube videos on omelets he did a show with julia childs which is great because she's nuts and he's like rolling his eyes the whole time he's <laughs> incredible he's in the probably God, he's late late 80s early 90s now and then he's recently his daughter's so smart they, they have a whole foundation and he was involved with the french culinary institute just they do these Five minute cooking videos, and I think they really started it f- during um, the beginning of lockdown. And it was these great, quick dishes for your family, and there were the less than five minute episodes. And it was like he would make shit out of whatever you had in your pantry. He's such a great dude. And yeah. growing up, like I watched him show because I had, you know, I was alone, so I was like watching his show. So I, you know, he'd been reaching out to me, and we've been ch- chatting a little, chatting a little bit. And I sent him a knife today, and it was like, Fucking felt great,
0: really. What, great. what kind That's of knife what was it?
3: Just as you know, he's he's getting older, and I think one of his I think he's I just wanted to make him a light knife, so I made him an eight inch K tip with uh, uh Hudson Valley walnut, and then I did a drawing. He's a painter too, so I sent him a, a watercolor too. So we'll see. I've I been he's been hmm. just it's been like it's cool, it's it's like. Yeah you know of all of them he's he means a lot to me especially and i know his wife just passed away and yeah. he's a, he's just such a great dude and you know what he's done and for culinary the culinary tradition in the united states is just amazing absolutely did you remember
4: yeah. now you're making knives for all these celebrities that are on tv only for did you celebrities. remember to put only for celebrities <laughs> yeah, yeah. did you remember me. to put your maker's mark on the on the shy side cuz that's where the camera's going to pick it up
3: i put it on the right side and i don't care You'll be, you'll be able to. I mean, I I'm am, am worried about whether or not. I mean, he he if his it's fine with me. He just can you know. P deserves a packet in. I just wanted to give it to him. Yeah. As yeah. this like a thanks for like keeping me company when I'm you know nine or ten and no one's in the home. You know, it's like I don't you know I don't need, I don't need fame or fortune or anything like that. I just was like it was just like very full
2: circle for me. So. Yeah. Nice. nice. My uh, um, I got to meet him actually a couple of years ago when I was still in Connecticut because he lives in Connecticut that's right and um he had just uh made a book uh that was a collection of paintings and what they're all they're all these water paintings of yeah. like these intricate uh like garden scenes and all this stuff and what they are is basically it's like a journal of menus so when you have that's right a dinner party or something like that and and you kind of put together the menu and you kind of it's basically it's just like a little journal but we had him uh sign it to victor uh, so oh, Victor was there. Cool. And uh, we, yeah, we all got like a family photo and stuff. And it was, uh, it was a pretty cool moment because, yeah, like you said, he he is a legend, especially in the United oh, States. Legend, legend. So it was a pretty, uh,
3: it was a pretty cool moment. That is awesome because that's one thing he would do when he'd have these cocktail parties. He would draw up menus for yeah. all the guests. And then every cocktail party, he would have a. He would also do a. Uh, I think it was in a, in journals. So he has like, he's got years and years and years of of, of these watercolor menus from the cocktail parties he's had at his house, yeah. and it's like you know, it's it's such. And then he gets all his guests to sign the menu. It's such, it was such a great concert. He's just such, you know. Without just getting too fruity about it, I mean, he's he's
4: just not sentimentality,
2: not fruity. Hmm.
3: Being sentimental. It's fine.
4: Just, you know what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Craig, how you doing? I'm okay. Okay, I've had a weird week. Um, I've done very little work in the way of knives. Um, I spent Monday and most of Tuesday in bed. Oh, no. With the worst migraine ever. And when I say <sighs> migraine, I mean Christ, dizzy. If I lifted my arm, it was it was it was horrible. Horrible. I don't well, I don't often get them. Um, so by Tuesday afternoon, that was sort of easing. Then went to bed Tuesday night, woke up Wednesday and could not move at all. What? I pull, what pulled fuck? a muscle in my neck oh my God. Um, and sort of going into my back. And I think it must have been where maybe I was just sleeping strange or something because I hadn't been feeling well or whatever it was. But I pulled this muscle and every time I moved, I was in agony, absolute agony. Like Sneezing was just the worst thing would just oh, break me so yeah i started off the week not too well so yesterday was the first day i was feeling a little better so we got a little bit of work done yesterday and today i've got some work done so n- not the best week but um it It is what it is it is what it is um do you does this happen a lot
3: no migraines
4: no not really not really i can't remember the last time i had a migraine um I I think maybe it's, I don't know, stress with the house and so on and just lots, sure. my, at the moment there's just lots and lots going on and I think it all just sort of, you know, my brain just sort of, it all got into, got into, compacted into one big thing. Um, mm. But yeah, but that was the worst then, waking up thinking, okay, the migraine's gone, but not being able to move just because of this blur. I can still feel it now, the muscle in my neck is still all tight and, and horrible, but... um yeah so a bit of a write-off work-wise um been spending lots of time back and forth with two houses you know with builders and all that kind of thing as well and making sure they've got what they need and um yeah it's been it's been a, it seems as if this week has been about two days it, it seems to have flown oh, by that. yeah sure it's speeded by completely
3: now how do you... you were saying that the, that oh, the weather's sorry. changing sorry the the weather you said the weather's changing do you think it could be seasonal because I used to get, recently, over the past 10 years, my allergies, sometimes I get uh, uh, vertigo. I've gotten vertigo from the inner ear, and it's like it's been an allergy thing. No, that's an age yeah. thing. I think it's... Uh... Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. You've you you got fucking, a weather vane in fucking, your bones now, Craig. You're, you're fucking, you storms your fucking are neck. brewing. I pulled something lying on a pillow. Fuck out of here, <laughs> <laughs> old... I, um, I, I think,
4: to, to be honest, a lot of it may have been so. Tuesday afternoon, I was feeling a bit better. I was needed back at, at the at the new house, and we're, it's a not. We're t- basically every single beam on the ground floor is being removed, and these are massive, huge, like two twelve meter beams you know, like for the width of the house. Wow. It's it's a big, big task. And um there's three builders there and they need an extra hand. I was oh I'll come and give you a hand. Oh jeez. Um so I I'm pretty <laughs> sure maybe that had something to do with this or of the muscle muscle <laughs> thing as well. But um yeah it's just it's just I say the week has flown by and big big day tomorrow. Big day. So as you know it's rugby season which we've already talked about. It's the mm. big one tomorrow. It's Wales, England um in wales and unfortunately it won't be the same as usual you know because nobody can go right um but it, it's the big we 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 haven't lost a game yet england have um and this is the, this is the big game for us you know it's quite often as long as we beat the english that's the main thing and um yeah big big big, big so big, how strong. drunk will you be not very normally <laughs> extremely <laughs> not extremely normally but I mean we're stuck here I'm stuck in the house there's you know I, I'm, I'm not going to be uh, I'll, I'll maybe have a drink or two watching but uh, yeah it's not going to be the usual sort of Wales England game back in Cardiff unfortunately mm. Mm. but I mean knife wise um, what have I got to say nothing really um, working on Rational Daughters that are sort of ongoing um, and that's it really that's it That's that's been my week so half in bed half in pain And um, leading up till now, which (laughs) I'm a little bit late for this recording. So um, we've screwed things up. I screwed things up, rather. We normally record on Sunday morning. Um, This is for the listeners, not for Mareko and Jeff. They know this. Um, And it's Friday night. um, So, yeah, things are a bit different. But I was halfway through brewing a a batch of beer. And um, Jeff messaged me saying, well, are we recording now? And I'm like, no, we've got another hour. And it was like, oh, shit, I got my times wrong. So the bruise put on hold and um, the dedication to the cause, I'm here in the studio.
2: Look at you. Look at you.
4: <laughs> You're the captain for Miracle, a reason. Marco, your
2: week, how's it been? Well, last week I was looking forward to not messing anything up. And this week, uh, and, and that's exactly what that's I did. Not bad. That's, <laughs> a, that's a terrible start. That was a terrible start to the beginning. I <laughs> totally screwed up my steel. I forged it out in the uh-huh. wrong orientation. Uh, yeah. and I tried to salvage it and instead of getting like these long fine points, cause I'm trying to make this fern kind of shaped pattern, uh, they, they, the po- they, instead of come to a fine point, they kind of curve back to, to give it, create kind of like a ball sack kind of shape, and I'm like, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, wait. Uh, what? <laughs> ball
4: sack Damascus. Ball sack
2: Damascus. Exactly. So uh, I t- scrapped stack, that. Testacus. <laughs> no, I You know, I should. Put, oh my God, I should still put it together. It'd just be a bunch of ball bags down the blade. <laughs> <laughs> no, otherwise, never the steel's just fling. laying here. It's just doing nothing. It's gonna. to be a boner <laughs> knife as. It's gonna be a
3: six-inch boner as well. We enough. are never going to record at six in the morning on sunday again (laughs) fucking ball sack night come on baby
2: jesus uh so i started over and um i don't know maybe maybe it's a good thing that i screwed it up because i figured out how to get to a mosaic bar uh, which is the bar that then you would cut off tiles and and weld back together and make the knife out of i found a way to get to a mosaic bar in two welds uh, usually it's like a three, four, five weld process to get to a mosaic bar, and I got it in two. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Everything's going really smooth so far uh, with that. Um, after the show, I'm going to clean off the billet and cut it up and stack it back up. Uh, but other, uh, let's see, what else happened last week? Oh. Or I guess I, I keep saying that last week, and I'm thinking to the week before last, not just like the last five days. Uh, I was sharpening some knives, actually, for a restaurant local in town. I I keep trying to figure out, like, how it can be helpful because uh, the restaurants are still getting their teeth kicked in with all of this. Uh, in Washington State, they, they can only do 25% capacity inside <sighs> a lot of places they're doing, uh, which, uh, you know, Unfortunately, probably still isn't the best idea to do any indoor dining. Uh, A lot of them are trying to do takeaway, but it's, you know, convincing people to pay basically the same price for something that you're just walking Mm -hmm. out the door. You're not getting all the service and all that other stuff with it. So, um, but anyways, I've been trying to figure out how to be helpful. And um, as Jeff coined so uh, long ago, and uh, so I've been sharpening knives for uh, local restaurants just trying to help out like no no cost or yes. anything just sharpen it's really cool and uh i fucking sliced right into my right index finger yesterday or, oh, or a day no. before I, and Whoa. i was like it was Jeez. all sharp it was perfectly hung and it wasn't it's nothing terrible it's not like perpendicular to the finger it's like i was i was wiping off cleaning off the blade and i just oh. went like half a degree the wrong direction and i sliced right <clears throat> into my fucking finger so that felt <clears throat> pretty terrible um but the uh, the I, I dropped off the knives. They're super happy. Uh, the owner was super happy with them. Uh, I got some pizza. Super delicious pizza. Uh, so shout out to Wicked Pies uh, here in Olympia, the, and uh, and all three listeners from the Olympia <laughs> Lacey Tumwater area. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I just dropped pictures of this knife that I finished like almost a fucking year ago. Of this Bowie chef that I know, I talked about it on the show, but I never got pictures up on Instagram, so I finally got pictures up. Uh, it's had a really, uh, really nice, been really well received, and um, and so that was nice. It's it's nice to get the little uh, the f- little feel goods from from posting something, people saying nice stuff. Uh, I did also mm. one last thing. I had a call with our boy. Ben Snur, because today is his birthday, uh, which also apparently happens to be his daughter's birthday. So they got a double birthday thing going on. It was a nice Let's to chat. chat with happy him, birthday, Pinecone! Yeah. yeah,
3: Pinecone, his daughter, Pinecone.
2: Yeah. And, uh, his daughter's name is Pinecone.
3: No, he's he's got nicknames. Oh. His he calls his son the Comanche, and then he calls his daughter the Pinecone. Pinecone. <laughs> there ain't there ain't nobody <laughs> cool. better than Ben Snur. Period. That's it. He's just yeah, he's great. everything you want and more.
2: Ben Snur, happy birthday! Ben right. Snur, so what did he say? Birthday. I just called and just talked to him. He was in the middle of repairing stuff. Unfortunately, he's been doing a lot of repairs lately, and so he was on the way to the lumber yard to uh, go pick up some materials. And so I just talked to him for literally just a couple of minutes and just wished him a happy birthday. That was all. That was
4: all.
1: Nice. Yeah. That was, nice.
4: It's been a good week, other than fucking things up.
1: Well,
0: <laughs>
4: What can you do? <laughs> you called it last week. You knew you would. You knew you would. So, so. I,
3: yeah,
2: I um, totally knew it. Would.
3: I have a one funny... COVID story to tell you only because it's just I mean it just I had to tell you because it happened uh, I walk the dogs all the time and I have a a neighbor who's you know young guy uh, He's got a successful business for some reason. He's like he's Italian, but he like You know identifies as being a cowboy. I guess I'm not 100% sure he's got like this kind of redneck thing going on and God bless him Whatever you want to do. I'm with you. I know your family's from Staten Island and you want to be we're in the, you know, the camouflage, counting gear. I'm with you. And I was talking to him. I hadn't seen him in a while. He goes, hey, what's going on? He sits on his porch eating a bacon, egg, and cheese, and I'm walking the dogs past. He goes, hey, you wear a mask all the time, huh? You wear a mask when you when you walk the dogs. And I said, yeah, I, I wear a mask. And he says, He says, why? You're outside. And I said, well, there are a couple of things. You know, my, you know, my wife is exposed every day to, you know, new people. And. And it's also cold, and and I didn't want to tell him. Was sometimes the mask is good because if I'm, I like to talk to myself sometimes, you know, because when I'm practicing, you know, things I'm going to say on the podcast, I'm just my my lips are always moving. So my and once my daughter caught me and she's like, oh, dad's podcasting his brain right now. So I'm talking to the guy and the guy goes, he says, well, you know. I have, I have a place upstate, and I go upstate, and nobody wears nobody wears masks, and the bars are packed, and we have this lake, and you know everyone goes from you know on their snowmobiles from you know bar to bar, and and uh, no one we don't worry about there's no nobody worries about COVID nineteen up there, and it's like normal up there, every it's safe, he says it goes it's real safe, and I'm like all right great congratulations, I'm not a proselytizer, <laughs> and I look at his face and I see. It's got all these scratches on his head and like scratches all over the place. And i, and I was talking to him for a while. And I go, "What's what happened here? What happened to your head?" He goes, "Oh, I got in a bar fight." <laughs> and I said, "Oh, bar fight?" He's just like, "Yeah, these dudes. Like, we got drunk, and it was probably like two o'clock in the afternoon, and these guys jumped me." I was like, "Oh, good, safe. It's real safe. This is a funny like safe place." <laughs> I thought it was like hilarious. He's just telling me how safe it is upstate with no COVID, and he's getting his fucking teeth kicked in in a bar at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> It's just the irony was so, it was
4: so funny to me. I just couldn't get uh, over it. Uh, so you, you mentioned just then that um, restaurants are open and they can have a, you know, a, a certain percentage of capacity. Is that the same way you are as, as well, Jeff? Um, yeah, they're starting to do 25%
3: indoors and, and they've been doing a lot of places have these, like, especially in Manhattan, they've been building these kind of shanties, these shacks mm. outside <laughs> and it's like they've, it's they number one they look terrible number two they put the heaters in and and you know yeah and number three who's really gonna you know at 30 degrees who's gonna sit out in like a you know apres ski situation and you know (laughs) in in like a shed to eat and pay 50 bucks a head for food yeah and and it sucks because you know a lot of these places don't do takeout i mean like expense you don't get takeout expensive food you know it's Mm. like
2: who, who yeah. you know? I remember seeing Can I a video. Get my foie gras to go, <laughs>
3: dude. I remember seeing it was a Daniel Baluta Jean George who did a video on how to plate the food for the takeaway. You get the takeaway from Jean George. It's going to take you forty five minutes to get out of the box and onto the plate because it was such a production. You turn your oven to this, and then you do this.
4: You're basically cooking the whole fucking thing. Yeah. So, a lot he, of the high end restaurants in London are doing their, what they call the at home range. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> They're they're just trying to survive. They're trying to they're know, trying keep to people employed. But um, I mean, here in France, there's none of that. There's no. The restaurants have just been closed. Full stop. There's no. You know, you can have ten percent oh, wow. capacity or anything like that. There's they just no. You're closed. it has been like that for months and months. Um, I know back in Wales it is slightly different where they can have outside dining, but you know here it's absolutely. No, we still we still got a curfew here at six p.m. It's bonkers. Um, but wow. especially now that the you know the sun is the sun is out and six p.m. it feels like the middle of the day and all of a sudden oh, you, sure. you, everybody's locked indoors. It's it's mad. It's madness.
3: When you go down to Florida, everything's open. You know they're going they comedy shows and everything. So wow, I don't know. I mean, who knows? It's something's got to give. You know, the really, we, I mean, I'm just waiting for the vaccine. I just want the vaccine. You
4: know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard today that if I was back in the UK, I'm in the age bracket that they're, vac- they're, they're vaccinating now. Fucking good. Um, but um, unfortunately, I'm not. I'm over here, um, so <laughs> I'll have to wait a few more months. But um, yeah, it's good. We got good news coming, haven't we? At least, at least, definitely.
2: 100%.
1: abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers, available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get fifteen percent off with the promo code Talk 15 Do it now.
4: Now <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
1: It was so funny? I tickled myself
4: a bit then, Sorry. I guess. <laughs> I like the part
3: where he goes combat <laughs> I, that's the part I like the most. He's like really struggling through those lips. We need to get Brian
4: on the case. make oh, Brian you, House to do these for us.
3: Brian's got to do them. I mean, you can't get a better announcer than Brian. You can't. You can't find it better than Arnie. Got to get Brian to do these things. Yeah. Well, if that with that said. This is the time of the show where we call, we call, well, you, you, the listener are able to ask questions for uh, to us and we'll try to answer them. It's called, Hey man, can I ask you a question? Hey and man, the, can
2: I ask you a question?
3: I think Brian's better than that guy. I love sports I think guy, so. I but think Brian's so. better. He's, he, but he's a Brian house of the work for a podcast is a professional. He was hired to do voiceover work. He, he read audible books. He, he said they, they, they underpaid him. Yeah, unbelievable. All right, so hey man, can I ask you questions at the time where you can send us your questions and we'll try to answer them? Hey Craig, how can how can they uh, find out? How can they send it in? Contact us via DM at knife talk on Instagram. It's that easy could be easier if he said Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. but <laughs> we to... true, yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, that... <laughs> Brian, paging Brian, you got to fix that one. <laughs> Holy shit, we've been promoting the wrong Instagram feed for
4: like two years. We realized last week, and yeah, it's been two years of saying the wrong address. <laughs> I'm wondering why we haven't got many followers I mean, on I you, you can't make it up.
3: You can't make it up, but uh we got yeah. a few. We got a few. So the first the first question from the listener, this is from Tom Eloiz Elo, Eloizo. Hey, like that, Eloiso. Tom. I got it. Phonetically. Uh Eloizo Eloiseo. Eloizo. Eloise Tom Eloizo. Thank you. Uh hey Cutie's gonna have a, I I have a question. There's a knife maker in my state and I admire his work and I wanted to reach out to just pick his brain and perhaps see some of his process or even just get to know someone with a similar interest. What are your thoughts? If I touch base to see if he was open to the idea of sharing some knowledge, I don't have knowledge to offer back in return, but I'd be happy to pay. Do you think that's acceptable in the industry? So Tom wants to... Tom, is, Tom is, he's, he sees this bird, and he doesn't want to spook the bird. What do you do?
4: Take it slowly. <laughs> I mean, just message the guy to tell him you appreciate his work and that you're local, and that'll start a conversation. And then maybe mention that if there's anything you could do to help, you'd like to maybe gain some experience with him, would be good. Um, don't just bowl straight in and say, you know, where do you live? Can I come around? Um, I've had a couple of those, and it's a bit weird really weird so yeah just yeah start a conversation be natural and um you know most people are attracted to people who are interested in the same sort of stuff as them so yeah i'm sure if you know start that conversation and um who knows you you could get married one day who's to know (laughs) this was getting this you were getting you were getting very suggestive (laughs) i've had a couple of beers just a couple oh you have well if you're brewing you gotta have beers it's the rule. It is it's, the rule. Yeah, and I'm only halfway so through, so I'm gonna need a lot more beers. I think. Yeah.
2: I mean, so I what just, do we think for Tom? Yeah, I just had. Who was it? I just posted, and I've been tagging Olympia. Um, my, uh, but Olympia is a big. I mean, any town is a kind of a large space to be able to. You know, how are you gonna zero down on just the general term? But I had. Uh, I had a guy. Who's lo- I guess local here, and he's like, "What? You're in Olympia? Where's your shop? I want to come." And I'm like, "I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you see an invitation anywhere in that tag?" <laughs> um, I got, I, and I think like, like what Craig was saying is perfect. Like starting up, starting up conversations, great. Um, but my reality is I just got too much shit going on, and any time anybody comes by the shop, even if it's a friend that I uh, that I've known, like, I have friends come to the shop from very seldomly but from time to time and anytime they come by like time is just completely lost it's totally dead whatever however long they're there i get nothing done and it's good because i i don't get to see people my friends very often and um but at the same time like when it comes to productivity like nothing's happening and so it, it it's hard to justify doing that especially with somebody that you don't even really no, and i he sounds like he's this guy's uh tom's interested in paying but at the same time like right now especially for me like money's great and all but i need to get getting through my order list is more important to me right now than getting an extra couple bucks for something i'm like I, and that feels like to me that would feel weird to accept a few dollars just for somebody to come visit the shop like i plan in the future to do more like public public engagement uh activities and doing demonstrations or doing classes i'm working with a local makerspace here they want to start up uh like create a a, a hot working portion of their maker space and so i'm working with them to get that set up um but until like I don't know it's it's like this is my private workspace this is my my studio or whatever you want to call it and it feels very mm. um personal to me and it's so it's when somebody asks oh i want to come by your shop it's like they might as well be asking if they can come to my house for dinner that night you know it's very again it's yeah. it's, it's personal to me on that level and so that's why you know i'm good with friends coming by but other, other than that like i don't basically ever let anybody come here and it's also, I'm on, my shots on private property. Like, I rent from a friend uh, on his private property. And so, and he's not necessarily, he's not one basically strangers, people I don't even really know, coming to his property to where he lives in his house. Yeah, and so, yeah. yeah, that's where I'm at. And, so, and, Tom, don't reach Jeff- out to morecco jeff loves it when people come over i fucking
3: do not love it i fucking do not i mean i hate to i was just gonna like squeak out of this one because uh, but it's like i wish i my problem is time is not on my side and i i get very like even the podcast like i'm very regimented in my day and my time and everything like that and if i don't meet certain like deadlines time wise it kinda of fucks me up. I'm I, I have sure. a real problem with that. So I get I I I don't get to see and then with COVID, I'm just like, just no no one's visiting me. No one's it's just like I don't want it. I had some people come over and I was like, I'm walking away from you. Get out. You leave. But at the same time, it's like I think that they're most a lot of people are not as antisocial as we are right now. And I think that you might have the opportunity to develop a relationship. But it's You know, it's the same thing with, I think that the funny thing is, is I think that there's a lot of people seem to think that people who are on their own or they're solitary workers or artists or even tattoo artists or that they're just like financially independent of, you know, and then they're just able to kind of just fuck around and do whatever they want. I got friends of mine who call me up to say, let's go fishing. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what are you talking about? He's like, oh, (laughs) let's go fishing. Come on. You you work for yourself. You don't have to ask the boss to go fishing. I'm
4: like, yo, I have some shit to fucking take care of.
3: Yeah. You know even more bills... so
4: even more so because you, do, you don't have a boss and you can't you can't you know skyve a little bit if you do, it's your time, it's your money. I mean, the times that I do do that are with my kid
3: you know like I took sure. I took an afternoon off last week because my kid was you know she she's running on a full year of being at home alone. So you know school, hmm. so I wanted to take her out and and just kind of give her a nice afternoon. That's a different situation. That's a mental sure. health situation. But like sometimes it's hard. I wish I wish I had more. I wish I was twenty years younger. If I was twenty years younger, you can come on by. I have people call me up and say I want to come over and make a knife with you. Like I don't know. I don't what 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 is what do you what what is this Kinkos? Are you gonna like knock out a couple of Xeroxes too? I don't know. We're being kind of. This is Friday afternoon. I thought we were going to be all upbeat. We're so far, so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Tom, okay, give I'll it a take shot. The next one. Give it a shot, Tom. I, I, but at the same time, know that, you know, we're crazy.
4: We're all crazy. Yeah. Next one is from, I think it's Wes K. Knives. Um, question for you guys I'm looking for a glossy black finish for a knife handle. I was thinking about going with black G10, but I've never used G10 scales and didn't know how it would finish. If G10 is a good option, um, would I just take it to the buffing wheel for its finish? He says, thank you. You know what? I hadn't used G10 up until maybe 18 months ago. And the only time I had before that, I'd used like a light blue G10 and it finished terribly. It looked really plasticky and I didn't, didn't like it. And it was you guys. It was Jeff and Mareco. You know, I've seen some of that stuff in black and it really looked incredible. So I got some black and that is completely different to a lighter colored G10. Completely. It finishes beautifully. So, yeah, for me, a thumbs up for black G10. You'll get, you'll get a lovely finish. And, yeah, I take it to, I hand sand to about. Four hundred, maybe six hundred. Take it to a buffing wheel. Um, I've got a, a couple of different wheels and a couple of different polishes. But it'll come up beautifully, really, really nice. Nice. What about you, Jeff? I love G10. I like the fact that it's not
3: like perspex or acrylic, where that. I like that you see the layers of of uh, line. I like. The I, I'm am you believe it or not I'm getting text from Ben Snore as we're talking about this and he's talking about Brian House if you I mean you can't even get <laughs> you can't even make this shit up you and I we're all talking about the goddamn same people at the same time well alright it's fine so um I like that layered look because it does give this idea once you kind of like grind it and you kind of go through it three dimensionally you see those layers and you end up getting some kind of something similar to grains of wood which I like mm. um. The key is, is you really can't, you got to be careful. You have to watch the scratches of your grit. So the, the grit progression should, you should be very careful with your grit progression because especially with G10, you can leave those scratches. And then with black, it's not as, it's easier to kind of hide. But like lighter colors, you can't because the dirt gets in it and then they, they get real dirty. So as long as you just kind of finish, like slowly finish through the grits, um, like I go uh, 220, to 220, 320, 400, and then 800. And then I hit it with a buffer and I usually can get a pretty great um, finish. I love G10.
4: I love it. Yeah. I want to do more of it, less wood, be honest with you. Yeah, do you you use G ten much at all, Marak? I know you use them in your spacers, obviously, but but for the actual overall handle.
2: Yeah, I only use it in my spacer material, and right. uh, I haven't. I've I've only. No, I haven't actually used it as a handle material. Um, I do know uh, John Doyle, who's a maker out of Michigan, super talented guy. Um, He does these beautiful Bowie knives, and one of the things he does um, is he he just takes it up to a really high finish like jeff was talking about he he goes like beyond though i thought i I can't remember what what knife i was looking at of his but i was like what the hell what is this black material i thought it was wood taken to a really high fine polish but he told me it was g10 and he just took it up to like to a really high finish with sandpaper like thousand grit um and then and then he hit it with I can't like a, some sort of wax like and, and it just buffed out beautifully. And so I think the key especially if you're going for a gloss look like Jeff was saying is, is watching that grip progression, taking it up to a nice high finish and then, you know, a, a, a wax. I mean, I'm looking at Jeff's Instagram right now where he's got uh the Admiral that he did most recently and the black is beautiful. And, you know, mm. I think he's he's just doing this grip progression, right? And you're finishing out with that axe wax and it's. I'm I am banking.
3: that's that's right. Get the axe wax, ladies and gentlemen. Get the axe wax. Full <laughs> 10, ass wax. Full <laughs> blast ten for ten percent off. Come on, baby. Um you know who does an amazing job? I, I really, really, really wish I could get into the way you know, Eric Markman, he listens to the podcast. He does these uh, handles where he's carving into the handle with um contact wheels and then he's using the he's using those the lines in the G ten to create these incredible patterns of the handle. You know? And so mm. there are guys like like Eric does that. I mean he does it all the time. Eric makes an incredible incredible knives. He also makes incredibly obnoxious comments to me about the podcast, but <laughs> we're with you, Eric. You know I'm just kidding. But um yeah I, I think G ten I think I like the I like it when people kind of optimize the material. So like you have those you know, those fiberglass lines, and you're kind of like having that as a part of the vocabulary of, of the of the story of the of the handle is just like I just I dig that so much. I'm just not good enough with the contact wheels and the you know I don't know how
4: to put micrometers
3: on things. Sure, so. mm,
4: but yeah, G10 is great, particularly black G10. All depends on the in the short, depends on the finish. But you're going to need some good sandpaper to get a good finish. And we all use the best, which is Indasa Rhino-Wet. Best sandpaper out there. It's super quick, so it'll save you time, it'll save you money. But we can save you a bit more money by going to Texas Farrier Supply, where they stock Rhino-Wet. And if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off the order. But they sell not just Rhino-Wet. They sell lots of stuff for whether you're a farrier, a blacksmith, or a knife maker. They've got loads there. So head on over to TexasFerrySupply.com. make sure you use knife talk 10 to finish off that g10 beautifully nice
2: i just saw that char charlie ellis ordered a boat or ordered ordered a boatload, not ordered, a boatload <laughs> ordered a boatload ordered a boatload of that sandpaper from texas Ferry supplies he's been doing some awesome work lately Dude, I, I mean he, he always does that awesome bamboo work. i love his stuff that
3: ba- that bamboo duck duck he's making <laughs> Duke he's Duke's. like <laughs> carving the steel into like bamboo it looks awesome he's, a, he's yeah. a good dude yeah very nice all right ready for another one do we nice. also have other bits whatever you want to do i'll leave it oh, to you yeah
2: you want to do a bit here, Jeff? do this one well dude do, okay do, i'll do
3: this talk about lawrence over here all right
2: lawrence Britton. he says hey guys uh I have just found your podcast, and it really is a banger. I'm a DIY enthusiast and haven't progressed uh, to knives yet. I'm an athlete and have my own rowing podcast and just want to ask about your uh, recording setup. I know you're all in different places, so how do you make sure you have such good connections and ensure uh, we get such silky smooth audio? Oh, and my unsolicited... Oh, should we go into that? Yeah, you Un- should definitely read the whole okay. thing. Definitely. definitely read the whole thing. Okay, unsolicited advice is for Jeff. Please stop saying, I'm interested, at the beginning of every sentence. Ha, 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 you guys are awesome. I'm interested? Do you say that? N- yeah. Noticed, no, Jeff, it's noticed, Jeff. Look, Lawrence, Lawrence <laughs> might
3: not have the best, you know find i have what's called some people have what's called a verbal crutch and it's the it's expressions that they rely on when they talk i have them i have a lot trust me i know i say it's interesting or that's fascinating or what interests me i i do that all the time i'm aware I, trust me i know i have verbal crutches that i lean on so lawrence has a podcast he's a uh, congratulations po- uh, lawrence is a silver medalist um on the south african rowing team he's a olympian wow. he got a podcast called i almost saw i almost said row talk it's not a row talk <laughs> <laughs> it's not, every podcast i think now is, is row talk. talk row talk it's called the row show so congratulations to to lawrence um on all your uh on all your you know future that was
4: very gentlemanly of you well um, jeff <laughs>
3: I mean, here's the thing. I know, trust me. I know that I have verbal crutches, and I listen to to uh, the Row Show, and I would, I would, uh, I'd point out Lawrence's verbal crutches if I could get through one episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you're very gentlemanly, but that's not the not the text message that I, I received. I mean, this fucker, you said. This fucker, I mean, who do you think he is, <laughs> Lawrence? Lawrence, if you want silky smooth audio, maybe you shouldn't. You know, you should change the service on the seashells you're using to talk to your your, your guests. You know, maybe you should consider not using cans and string. You know, so think about it. You no know, peace and love, peace and love, Lawrence. I'm with you. I, I wouldn't want to turn away one of our listeners. Fight for everyone. Craig, tell, tell this pitiful human being what we use. <laughs> we're,
4: we're currently in the middle of changing things, actually. So uh, we currently use Squadcast, um, which is a, a piece of software which is, it basically works like Skype, um, so it allows us all to speak to each other in real time. Um, but what it also does, it will um, download the audio locally. Um, so like for myself, I'll have a local file of my audio. Jeff will have a local file of his audio. Marek will have one of his. So we don't get that garbled internet sort of you're breaking up kind of thing. It's as if we're recording in the same room. That's his bread and butter. Is <laughs> gar- that, sorry?
3: That's his bread and butter, garbled. He likes the garbled audio. The garbled.
4: Pro like, talk. Garble. <laughs> you okay, Jeff? Yes. I, I'm um, Sorry. So, we, yeah, we use Squadcast, um, um, but we're thinking of changing to something called Zencaster, um, which is a very similar thing, um, as well as a few extra features. Um, and then, yeah, and then it's just a case of mixing the three together. Um, we all use the same mics as well, which helps. Um, yeah, simple as that, really. And just making sure you've got, you know, give it a bit of thought. If you're in a big, wide-open space where there's sound bouncing off all the rooms, it's going to sound terrible. Um yeah. I'm just he's kidding. Exactly.
3: Lawrence is, can take a joke. I, you're, I'm with you, my, my man. I appreciate it. Everybody he's go a, listen to he's him.
4: He's a silver medal rowist, so I'd imagine he's got some big arms on him, Jeff. You want to be careful.
3: I, Look, <laughs> what are you I, Fine. I'm with you, 100%. I'm with you. this guy. Row talk is the, the row show <laughs> is the move. Everyone go listen <laughs> to row a show. show.
2: Go Learn row something it.
3: about, you know, rowing. You know, catch a crab or something. That's, that's an expression. That's a rowing expression, catching a crab. You know about that? No. You don't no. know about catching a crab? <laughs> no. That's when you, if, you, if you're if you not rowing in line with your other rowists. You crabbing. You, you're crabbing. You're not crabbing. You get knocked out. So if you catch a crab, that means you get you get kicked off the boat. So no, I didn't funny. learn that on Row Talk, by the way. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Episode 9 of Row
0: Talk, Episode yeah, yeah.
3: 9 is all about the crabbing. Crabbing. <laughs> He's a good dude. I'm with you, Lawrence. I gave you enough of a beating. I'm with you.
4: <laughs> okay, let's who's going to take the next one? I tell you what, let's let's do a um hot take.
3: <laughs> Still so funny. All right, so what a hot take is, guys, <laughs> is it's, it's, I'm, I'm finding hot takes to be such an interesting thing. So it's basically came out of journalism and it's, it, it's a piece of deliberately provocative commentary that's based entirely on shallow moralizing. So basically it's, it's just like loud fact-free declarations. This is, was, you know, came up with um, by like audio uh, radio sports, sports radio guys. So they get people to call in they'd say, you know, this picture sucks, you know, or whatever with no, it's just basically, it's just basically bullshit. It's 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 some horseshit, you know, declarations. So I asked you, the listener, to send me your knife talk hot takes, and you didn't you didn't disappoint. So um, <laughs> if you want to send us a, a hot take, we'll keep reading them off. Keep them short. Two one sentence, two sentences. You don't need to. You know, don't write me the Magna Card, I ain't gonna work. All right, so this one comes from Noah, and then you guys I'll read them and then you guys can make commentary on them or whatever. And then stop me when you want to. All right, so Noah Jacob says, Hey guys, I have a hot take for you. Serbian chef Serbian chef knives are fucking stupid and useless, and whoever is responsible for making them, um, needs to be tarred and feathered and exiled from civilized society. Thanks for my mo- <laughs> thanks for making Mondays not suck so bad. That is a proper hot take.
4: <laughs> Serbian, Serbian chef. It's it's sort like a shovel. fighter. Is it like a crazy knife? No, it's, it's... it looks
2: like half of a digging spade, half of a shovel. Have you seen those? It's like
4: it's yeah, dude. Oh, no. I can't I'm believe. I'm gonna Google it now. Live oh. reaction on the show. already
3: oh. It's like a cleaver, and they put they 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 bent the nose over, and you I mean, see them it... on these YouTube yeah. things, and it's always like some dude cooking, you know, cooking like beets on a log.
4: You know, some bullshit. I got you. Oh, no, yeah, so it's like on. cleaver. It's, it's almost like a, a big cheese knife. It's it's got this yeah, this yeah cleaver but, with with big rounded edge. Yeah.
3: Now these companies are selling the sir You know, some dude in a, you know in Serbia did some like you know bushcrafting videos and he's cooking steaks on a rock and and then everyone wants to. What's that knife? It's like the Serbian knife. He's digging ditches with it. He's you know you know burying bodies and cooking dinner. With <laughs> The next um, Knife Talk hot take comes from Bear Valley Forge. Hey, guys, I've got a hot take. People that don't make knives have no business telling knife makers their products are too expensive or what they should be charging. I'm not mad at that hot take.
4: No, not at all. True.
3: True dat. Uh, Meek Knives says hot take. Uh, 120 grit should never be considered finished, and anyone that does should be publicly flogged. (laughs) <laughs> Everyone wants some flogging going on. There's a lot of flogging going on. In here. I think that's
2: just personal taste, honestly. Uh, yeah, it's personal
3: taste. Well, I mean, that's a hot take. I mean, that's really what a hot, a hot takes aren't <laughs> supposed to be nice. I mean, they are totally obnoxious. Uh, Jordan Buckley says boneless chicken wings are just glorified chicken nuggets. That's a hot take. He's not. <laughs> the, the big that's, kid. That's I'm the truth again. <laughs> the fucking hot take. Um, Taylor Mead says, open eel knives are, are hard-use knives, far exceeding any fixed blade you can acquire. The
1: hot <laughs> that's take. Bullshit, but <laughs> well, that's bullshit. Well, that's all a hot,
2: hot. Yeah, that's a bullshit statement.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's a hot take. I mean, this is the this is the meaning of a hot take. It's it's not supposed to be nice. It's controversial to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pig Iron Forge says, "Hot take, uh, knife talk. Hot take. If you receive a free knife as a thank you, and..." As a thank you and asked to have it changed and reprofiled two, year, two years later, you're an asshole. <laughs> yes, you are an asshole. You, that's that not a hot sorry. take. That is a fact. He goes... <laughs> that's he goes, a personal experience <laughs> too. Yeah. that, surely. Nikiri to Gyoto, and then he gives the fingers. So somebody, he gives someone a free knife, and then just like, can you change this into something completely different? Uh, Leonard Lee says, hot take. Any test of a knife that involves cutting a bit of paper is completely worthless. That is a, 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 a that is a <laughs> controversial. That's a controversial. Take. That's not. I don't believe in that. I don't. That, that's I don't a hot agree take. On that one. one. I like yeah. the I like the paper cut. I listen. I like to listen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel the drag. Yeah. Here's a hot take. Chad Kimmel says Prince is better than Michael Jackson, and it's not even close. I think oh. I'm on I'm completely on board with Chad Kimmel here. Uh, better at what? <sighs> <Of> what? <laughs> yeah. of what? fucking what (laughs) of being dead i mean come on
4: of what uh fucking playing uh, tennis i never got prince see never got it never got it at all
3: prince is a man
4: prince is a man
3: um uh fd knife says anime and video game weapons are stupid and we don't want to make them (laughs) that's a fucking funny hot take (sighs) here comes uh you guys like these hot takes yeah, good. Right. liking him, Mario. And I didn't even have to promote him; people just started putting him in. Uh, Mario Dunkelberg says, "Hello there. Here's a hot take: Tradition is just peer pressure from dead people. Thanks for the good show, <laughs> and keep up the good
4: work." <laughs> i ain't gonna use that so hard that, that quote. That's I might what... go on my website tomorrow. That <laughs> tradition is
3: just peer pressure from dead people. <laughs> that was from Prince. That's what Prince said. Um, yeah, right. Joe Whitney says, "Here's a hot take: Your opinion doesn't matter." That's a fucking meta thing to say right there. Was that DM directly to you? Jeff? I guess. I don't know. I had yeah. a couple. We had to like, I had to like, There's one person I had to brush back. We'll get to him. Hot take from, this is from Robert Pierce. Advertisers that use emergency vehicle sirens in radio commercials should be tarred and feathered. <laughs> oh Jesus. I've heard of those. <laughs> there's a lot of tarring and feathering suggestions in this community. Everyone yeah. wants like old school justice. You it's know? tradition. Tradition, and You know what they say about tradition. <laughs> it's peer pressure from dead people. Dead people. All right. Ronald Knives says, here's a hot take for you. Anyone who mentions edge patching, edge packing, I'm going to read it over. I apologize. Uh, Ronald Knives says, here's a hot take for you. Anyone who mentions edge packing and doesn't immediately follow with the words is fucking bullshit. Should be thrown off the internet immediately and permanently. <laughs> i love the hot take i love what people are people you know if you get them to concentrate what they're saying they're good yeah condense what you're gonna say into it yeah right. it's good it's all
4: good uh
3: here's a here's a here's a very crazy hot take chad uh charlie knife says here's a hot take i miss the day's knife talk had good content thanks guys Oh, you bastard. Keep wow. wait wait just hold on <laughs> wait just hold on calm down keep up the good uh whatever I immediately, before you give him a thrashing, I already said, what would you, I wrote to him, poor guy, you know, he was being, he was making a joke. And I wrote to him, like, in a fucking froth. I said, what would you like us to talk about, Jason? And he's like, oh, that was just sarcasm, you know, I was just making a joke, you know, it just it came out wrong. I'm like, I am 100% with you, but I was like, I, mean, I know I was going to read this, and, and Craig is going to go fucking flying through the microphone, but... Um, <laughs>
4: <laughs> i did see a pop-up in the in the dm so
3: <laughs> I, I try mm-hmm. to erase them quickly because i don't want you guys to see them and then the last yeah. one is from noah larson and he says hot take jeff's friction folders using bus tokens is found object art that fucking hurt that hurt Ooh. i disagree it hurt but it was a good hot take i appreciate it so guys I like hot takes. I think the boys like the hot takes. And if oh, you yes. want to send your hot takes in, it should be one sentence, two sentences, and it should be a controversial declaration. I got some that I'm just, I just can't read. So it's just like, I mean, know your audience. And and if you, <laughs> you can't just start talking about, you know, fucking people and stuff like that. It's just, you just can't. <laughs> just can't do it. It is a Monday morning and we're getting a lot of listeners who are under 14. So I just we got to like put your hot take in but just know your audience. So there you go. Play the play the outro music for Knife Talk Hot Take.
4: It's so long. <laughs> I'm sure there's an extra, there's an extra yeah. wow each time, it, I'm it, sure. remi-
2: it reminds me of The Family Guy. You guys ever watch The Family Guy where Peter, like, yeah, anytime he a... falls and yeah. hurts his shin, he's just like, ah. <sighs> ah. And he does it, like, a million fucking times, like way <laughs> longer than it should go. <laughs> Kills me every time. Hot take. Hot Save take you. jingles good.
1: Uh, okay. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat. The manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. to the chopper.
4: Even Heat is what we all use. They're the best. They make the best kilns, and we can actually get you money off as well. We can get you seventy-five dollars off and free shipping if you order via Soul Ceramics, and they're uh, they're. Uh, distributor of even heats you can specify exactly how you want it with the tap control or the relays whatever you want they got all the models in stock so head on over to knifetalk.net forward slash heat and you've got to make sure you go to that domain because then it'll apply that discount for you at checkout so make sure you get your 75 dollars off and your free shipping in the us by buying from salt ceramics at that domain thank you very much and once we get to ten thousand followers you can
3: just do the you know swipe now and i must say since Mareko mentioned that last week we've been our numbers have been bumping up steadily so (laughs) because we've been promoting
4: the wrong yeah yeah, the the wrong address for a long time yeah
2: yeah so if you don't follow us yet please go follow us make this all let's all make this easier for each other
4: yeah Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram we've had another question from Jamie Mackey I know this has been done to death, but have you got any more tips on pricing your work when dealing with imposter syndrome? I got messages from two master smiths telling me off for pricing too low, but I'm really bad at selling in general and really struggle with value in my work. I also had one guy think I was from Pakistan today, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm obviously doing something wrong. <laughs> his, pr- I, his prices
3: are fucking good. I mean, like you're gonna get a you're gonna get a bargain um, from poor Jamie. Jamie, you gotta bump your prices up. I'm with I'm I am probably by <laughs> surprise that last <laughs> time. <sentence. laughs> thought it was
4: from Pakistan.
3: That's funny. It was I can't find them.
4: I mean, the thing is, if it's working mm-hmm. for you, it's working for you. Don't let anybody else put pressure on you with your pricing. But, I mean, you, you need to be making a profit. You need to, you know, you need to be advancing in what you're doing and all that kind of thing. So, you know, don't necessarily listen to what others are telling you with regards to your pricing. Just make sure it's working for you.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: We, We're thinking- dealing with. Uh,
4: go
2: ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, I you know I think the the trouble that some makers have is that they feel like it's dil- kind of diluting their prices because there are some very talented people out there who only do knife making as a, a hobby, um hmm. and but so when they sell the stuff, sometimes they only sell it maybe just for the costs of the materials, um and so for makers who are trying to do this as a business, uh you know it, I guess. People who are buying from them are wondering, why the hell am I paying you so much money when this other guy over here is charging a, you know, a fraction of what you're charging? And the difference is is that one guy is a hobbyist and the other is actually trying to run a business and, and earn a living. And I think mm. that's it's makers who are trying to earn a living who have a really hard time with other makers who are just doing it as a hobby, who are doing really great work, but not charging very much.
3: it's it's just you know you you also have to decide what you want out of life and it's if 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 I think it's nice that Master Bladesmiths or all these high level dudes are telling you saying, bump your prices up. I mean, at the very least that's a compliment, you know, at the very mm-hmm. least it's like you know. It's a compliment, so I, I tend to think that you know I we struggle with it all the time the pricing. I try to keep my prices reasonable. I like my prices the way they are. We we kind of like you know talk about different ways in which to you know either raise or lower. I mean, if it were up to me, I would I'd love to be able to make a less expensive knife, but you know bills got to be paid, and, and like you know we have shit we need done done. So it becomes very difficult and. You know, then you're fooling around with volume versus, you know, the product and do what you think is right. But the other thing is, is the hardest part is with pricing is don't, for some reason, people don't go to the grocery store. And then when they get the checkout aisle, they don't haggle after everything's been rung up, you know, why do people do that with us? You know, so I hate haggling with people and, you know, you can do the whole, yeah, well, you know, 10% isn't the biggest deal in the world. But at the same time, it's just like, you know what? the price is the price I'll never yeah. forget my sister my sister used to be have do these yard sales all the time and all my sister my other sister and I would get all of our shit and bring it up to her place She had these great yard sales and my my wife she was my girlfriend at the time we got all this bullshit stuff and we put out like a you know a jar you know like a bucket that said 25 cent bucket and this old woman grabbed um, like a wooden spoon or something like that, turns to my wife and she says, I'll give this to you for... Fi- I'll take it for 15 cents. And my wife says, okay, fine. And I stopped everything and I said, you can pay the 25 cents. Don't. You can pay the 25 cents. And the woman just opened her eyes and like, break out the quarter. If you want that fucking spoon, you'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> 15 cents ain't enough. You, gotta, you know, go, go, go dig into the couch, lady. You know, but it's like people just...
4: I hate I hate the nickel and diamond. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, as a maker, you got to value your time and you know your work, and you know by just saying no, oh, it's only ten percent. I mean, that's 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 ten percent of your time that you could have been at home with your family, for example, or or you know, ten percent of you know of a of bill that you need to pay. It's yeah value your work more don't don't any sort of discount in but with regards to regards to pricing and people telling you you need to you need to charge more just make it work for you um whatever whatever works for you do it that way don't feel pressure from anybody else um excuse me yeah it just needs to work for you
2: it's something i i've heard before i think i was listening to like one of seth godin's books and if you're only competing on price you are not in a good position part of what we're doing today when we use social media like instagram is to kind of not only show the work that we're doing but also um you know show our personal our, our personality and part of why people are buying what we make is because of our personality and, and what we represent. And people like to buy from brands and companies that they feel like represents a philosophy, uh, a lifestyle, or whatever, That uh, that is a reflection of them. You know, I'm not going to buy fucking anything from anybody who walks around proudly talking about being like a white supremacist or anything because I do not and that's like going to the full like other end of spectrum but uh because i do not identify with that at all and so that so i guess what i'm trying to get at is you know don't just if you're a maker and you're concerned about competing on price do not just compete on price you know bring more value than what just the object is you know bring a you know a lifestyle uh um uh, a philosophy, you know, something else that people will also appreciate and and give them more of a reason to want to buy from you versus somebody else. I mean, cuz yeah, we're all basically price, selling would- the same fucking thing, right? We're all selling knives. Yeah. <laughs> and so, if it was just about just the price point, you know, the the person with the lowest price always wins, but it's not just about the price point. You know, there's a reason somebody's yeah. willing to pay $5,000 for a knife from me. You know?
0: Hmm.
4: If 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 pricing is is your your main thing, is that's how you get customers because you're a lower price. There's going to be somebody lower than you again, and and if your customer only values an item because of its low cost, you know you're never going to be making much of a profit because right. they'll want cheaper every time, every right. single time they'll want cheaper. Well, and, it's just a race you, to you know, the bottom. If it's not you. They'll happily go to somebody else if it's cheaper, because there's no other investment that the only the only thing is cost to them, and sometimes you just need to you know you need to sell your story a bit more maybe if if, if that is the case. I think it's not he's struggling with it like.
3: I don't think he's shy about it. I think it's just like he just doesn't know. And I've been there. I, I've, I've, I've undervalued sculpture in the past, and and I've been in the position of like hating having to talk about money with people. And mm-hmm. like I, I, told, I tell the story all the time. The last show I had, this woman looked at one of my lures, and she says, "How much is that?" And I said, "Like two hundred bucks." And she goes, "I never paid that much for bait." You know, it was like mm-hmm. this fucking, you know, it was it, it hurts, but it's like. I don't think there's anything wrong with being able to get a fair price. And I saw the prices and you could definitely raise your price. Your your work is beautiful and you've got Master Bladesmiths telling you that your work is beautiful and you should raise your price and it's good enough for me, you know. It should be good
4: enough for you. Here we go. Uh... Hobby Hawks Knives says, Evening, gentlemen. I have a question or dilemma for you. I'm currently working on a relatively low-paid, minimum-paid job, nine-to-five. Um, it pays the bills and keeps a roof over our heads. However, that along with family time really cuts into my ability to make knives at a good rate. I'm finding that I'm having to turn sales away because I can't keep up. Sales which would potentially pay more than my current sort of real day job. My plan is to continue, save up for a grinder and other equipment. Um, he's currently using files and homemade uh, file jig. Wow. Then take the plunge once I'm happy with the equipment I've got but I'm starting to get impatient. Um, I'm interested to hear what you guys do, would do in my shoes. He says, thanks for the great podcast. They really helped me get through my work days. All the best, Mark. And he's from Hobby Hawk Knives. So he's making knives currently with, with just files and a, and a homemade jig and people who wanted to buy them, which is incredible.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. But
4: yeah, um, but he's sort of stuck in this job that he doesn't want to be in. And, um, you know, he, it's, we always, we have similar questions to this every week when people say, you know, when did you make that jump to becoming a full time maker? Um, and I think even just last week we answered this one again. It everybody's different. There's 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 no sort of line in the sand. You know, when you get to that point, you're now a full time maker. Everybody has different commitments, different responsibilities. Um, so it, it would never be my my place to say yeah just give up work and make knives because <laughs> i don't know your responsibilities i don't know what sort of income you need and what more income your knives would bring even um but i mean you seem you seem to uh, have your head screwed on you know you're you not just jumping in blind um i think yeah just keep plugging at it i mean you've got the attitude of you know you are still making anyway and what well, little time you do have um, just keep at it. Sell what you do make, and you know if you can put this money aside, and eventually be able to get more, maybe more tools, um, and afford yourself a bit more time, um, to start doing this as you know more of an income generator. I think that's perfect. What do you guys think? I think it's perfect. <laughs> I know exactly what I would do.
3: One thing is, is we have talked about this a, a, before. I think that there's a there's I, I was just talking about this with Brian House there is a degree of urgency that people need to have if they're going to make a decision. And what happens is, is there is a little bit of comfort in having a 95 job, nothing wrong with that. If you, if you like your job and all of a sudden this hobby is becoming a, uh, you know something good, what I would do would be, I would bank on making as many knives as you can and don't pre-sell them and then finish them all. You got your nine to five job, you're working on your nine to five job, and then afterwards, then sell them, and then see how you feel, and then keep doing that. Don't pre-sell the knives, because that becomes, pre-selling the knives becomes a problematic because you feel indebted. If yeah. you can make these things the way you want them, how you want them, and then move them once they're done, that might be an easier way for you to keep enjoying it. But if all of a sudden, you you know, sometimes people have this feeling of like, you know, stuff people put a deposit down or people already paid and then you just like ugh, now I have to like you know I have a job and now I have to get into the it can be a drag um, but at the same time that whole thing about like do I take the plunge or not it all depends on how hungry you are and I think that and I'm there's nothing I'm psyched for you to have a job especially in this day and age you have the ability to you know anybody who can make some money that helps their family I fucking salute you but there is that making the decision to become an entrepreneur, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a degree of hunger. It's a degree of how far are you willing to go. And some, sometimes you have to make decisions that are drastic and you have to be willing to take it. So make those fucking things and sell those motherfucking things and then think about <laughs> it And after you sell them. Get yourself a yeah. Broadbeck Ironworks grinder, you know, get that long platen vertical horizontal grinding get those beautiful you know attachments that work in any this is what you need to do mark you get yourself a broadback ironworks grinder go to broadbackironworks.com put in knife talk 10 get yourself 10 percent off on a grinder that's gonna make you happy it's gonna change your life you're gonna be able to spend more time with your family mark you don't have to deal with those files anymore you're gonna get your combat abrasives you're gonna be ripping through knives and then all of a sudden you're going to say, you know what? What have I been? What have I been fooling around with these files all this time? I had to get myself that beautiful Broadbeck Ironworks grinder, and I'm going to fool around with that. <laughs> and then yes, you, you know, you'd sell, you'd sell your own
4: soul, wouldn't you, Jeff?
3: <laughs> I mean, you know, I've been fooling. I'm trying to get a bandsaw over at <laughs> Full Blast Podcast. It's a lot of wax to make up for that.
4: That bandsaw. So <laughs> I'm with you. The wax. Sh- sh- should we tell him about the text that I sent you earlier? Uh, go the ahead. Box. Feel free. So I was in the car earlier with my wife and we put on uh, Jeff's podcast because I hadn't heard this week's. And um, Jeff's got a sponsor, which is Axe Wax. And my-, my wife is sort of on her phone, sort of half listening. She just looked up and she went, Ass wax? What is ass wax? <laughs> 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 i love to sell
3: some ass wax. <laughs> well i think it's because I say, I say i say it that's because i say in the podcast go get yourself some axe wax and wax that axe so i'm sure that's why she said she Probably. thought i was talking yeah, about it's just the way ass. she
4: sort of looked up and went ass wax <laughs> what is ass wax <laughs> <laughs> uh, promo code oh, full blast funny. 10
3: to get yourself 10 percent off all your <laughs> ass wax
4: fine bit of cross promotion there I, dylan myrick uh, has got a question he um, wanted to ask about the dangers of grinding naked, um, but you found that uh, for myself, it's liberating. Um, I'm virtually hairless now. So the second thing I've been wondering is when I get up to a 220 on the grinder, it seems to leave what looks like a little fuller groove marks in the blade. I'm assuming it's from the joint where the belt uh, joins to itself. He says, too much pressure or not enough speed. Love you, Dylan. So first of all, <laughs> there's the obvious question, first of all, that the grinding naked, I mean... What's he using for the push stick? That's what I'm wondering. Oh baby, oh yeah. Did you see that? Um, did you see that but... guy who does these? He's on. He's he's
3: he puts like like a silk towel on him, and he has different ways to like rip it off of him, so like the glasses the, don't fall. The off. Asian guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you seen that guy? He makes a face. No. Like he'll have like drones <laughs> will like pull the satin yeah. sheet off, and there'll be like a <laughs> sign. And it's it usually on his
4: breasts he does this weird face to the camera then yeah yeah i have no idea what you're talking about is that, oh, is that dylan you gotta, you, send,
3: you
4: gotta i'm gonna just get a no i don't think that's <laughs> dylan so uh so he's on about he's using um when he's going up to sort of 220 on the grinder um it looks it leaves like a little bump which then looks like a like a fuller groove mark in the blade um and he says he assumes it from the joint where the belt joins to itself um yeah it probably is. Um, I I I'm I'm now going to about four hundred on the belt, um on the on the grinder, um and i find it anything else because the the paper gets thinner each time, so that joint becomes more sort of pronounced. I suppose. Sure. I mean, there are ways around that. People, some people put like a softer back in on the platen, um just to give it a, a little bit of leverage, um less pressure, um but yeah, it's 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 a common thing. Um, do do you come across that Morocco? How do you handle that? I have
2: a little bit of a backing behind my, my thinner belts. I get, you know, I use Mm. the, the, the J flex belts from combat and, and you know, if there is a hard backer behind it, there might be a little bit of a jump or a chatter uh, that causes a little funk in the surface of the blade. But by putting a backing on your platen, Uh, even a thin one of leather or or some some uh, kind of I think what Andreas Kalani puts on is like he holds on to the scotch right belts belts when they're not doing what they you know what they're meant to do anymore he keeps them instead of throwing away and he trims them down and uses them as a backing um, which is a really good tip because that will help like uh, I think Jeff was saying or Craig I can't remember sorry now but it gives a little bit of a a little bit of flexibility and a little bit of give so that instead of jumping up into mm. your blade it's you know it's kind of absorbed by the scotch Bright brat uh backing and it helps create a more satin finish uh across your blade instead of getting that jump
4: I... yeah you you just need to be careful that you're not doing it too much because you can get a bit of a, sort of a like a convex sort of grind on it yeah it'll sort of round over slightly You right. um but yes yeah, you know as long as you're not going up to sort of, you know 2000 on your grinder you, you should be all right i want to diagnose that he might have a
3: deformation on his platen <clears mm, <clears <throat> if you you is... know sometimes the platens this is one of the good things about broadback um a lot of times with with platens you can get a piece of a uh, pyrex I, I get the piece of pyrex and then i jb weld it behind on the on the top the pyrex doesn't wear away or wear away as fast as a steel platen um Broadbeck actually sells um, plates, replacement plates for your platen, because you do wear it away. Like if you if you don't have something, you know, you're just pushing pressure. It does, you know. So if you're fooling around on one spot and you're noticing it's a fuller, it could be the 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 between the regular part of the platen and that dip. It could be your your platen could have a slight deformation. And like the guys were saying, those jflex belts are so thin that you like feel everything behind it so if you have any kind of deformation in your in your platen that might be one of the issues
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah and especially <clears> if you're <throat> working in front of that platen with a work rest and you're profiling the knives right and
3: your penis is out yep exactly and you got your yeah, you you tough spot. Dicking balls out <laughs> working <laughs> on your ball sack damascus
4: yeah. this may be a good point time to, to point out that um it's international women's day coming soon <laughs> so we're gonna ha- we're gonna have females presenting the show for one week only um we're not gonna tell you anymore you'll you'll just hear the episode and and there we, well, go. we got to tell about our, some sli- off- some slightly different content we
3: have to talk <laughs> about our dynamite host holly yes, on, holly is gonna be the host
4: Oh, yes, who makes amazing knives. Good person. So she's going to be hosting almost like a takeover, I suppose, for a week. Um, but she's speaking to some kick-ass female makers as well. So that's going to be really cool. That's coming up, I think, in – I think I think the 8th is um, International Women's Day. So it may even be next week maybe. I'm not quite sure of the dates. But, uh, yeah, it's coming right up. I have some uh, – I know you didn't ask, but do it.
3: right, hey, guys, it. this is a rehash of – um, what was it what was it originally? It was um You know what you should do. Yeah, so Hey man, you know what you should hey do. Hey man, you know what like you that. should do. But yeah. now it's I uh, uh, hey, I know you didn't ask, but so that's when you you know you give your unsolicited advice. Um and our first one comes from a new listener, Meredith G. McDaniels. I'm twenty I'm a twenty three year old female massage therapist um from Alabama and I've been listening <laughs> We got a lot of them listening, <laughs> funny enough. Maybe you need it for your neck. She should beat your neck up. Um, I'm from Alabama, and I've been listening to y'all on iHeartRadio for the last few weeks, uh, but I can't find out how to give a good review there. I've been obsessed with Forge and Fire for years, and I want to recreate my favorite swords and knives one day. The only knowledge I have of forging is from the show and y'all's podcast. I listen to a few other knife podcasts, but they aren't even close to y'all. That's right. <laughs> good old Meredith. Hearing about your different cities, food activities, business rants, and forged um, knowledge is a perfect combination. Uh, hearing about your idiot clients hits home harder than I can explain. Uh, a- any book advice, any books or advice on swords would be greatly appreciated as well. Thanks for everything, and i die if this makes it to the show, by the way. <laughs> now, she gave in a, I know you didn't ask, but... Um, I know you didn't ask, but when you go for a massage, it increases your blood flow. Blood flow. <laughs> and the blood flow powers the very, quote, valuable part on a man's body, giving it life, a.k.a. a boner. Uh, well, that's normal anatomy. So when that happens, just ignore it. I hate it when male clients hold uh, hold it to cover up when they go, when I um, when I go to massage, massage their hands, which are now covered in penis germs. <laughs> oh, my rule, God. my rule is, if um, you don't look at it and you don't touch it, it will go away. And this doesn't work for my husband though, and I prefer to stay married. So, guys, if you go to a massage therapist and you get you get that raging hard on. Just don't just pretend
4: it's not there. Is what Meredith's saying. If you've just tuned in, this is Knife Talk, where we talk knives and knife-related stuff. <laughs> Look, I mean, this is—I know you didn't
3: ask. I mean, we didn't ask. Have you got? Do you ever got? Have you ever guys gone to a, a massage?
4: Get massages done? Um, once on holiday in it was, it was it was in Turkey, so it was like a Turkish massage, and I hate it. I hate. I wouldn't say I hate being touched, but I. <laughs> You know, sometimes you just feel as if you like want to kick out. You just like, just fuck off. Or you just want to kick. That, what do you that mean, was my reaction. I... What is your massage
3: therapist like, Mert Tansu? He giving you the <laughs> hitting you with a tree branch, <laughs> <laughs> the bald head is hitting you with a tree branch. Uh,
4: no, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I hate it. I hated every second of it, but um, so yeah, it's not a regular thing for me. What uh, about you, Marek? you get massaged? Definitely. I, my, I had a,
2: my back went out actually when i was 26 and um and i it was in in conjunction with a bunch of chiropractic work i was getting um and so yeah i i was doing uh massages uh, like once a week for like 3 or 4 months something like that
3: my wife got me a massage and a few a number of years ago and i told her i said listen there's a chance I'm not. I'm not used to being touched by a person, a woman, you know, other than you, and I might get an erection. I I said that right. I said that, I said just just letting you know it might happen. And she goes, "Fine. What do you? What do you I'm not, it's not a weird. I mean, this is a massage therapist. This isn't like a rub and tug place, you know." Um, <laughs> what's so funny about that?
2: <laughs> I don't think Craig's ever heard that.
3: You've never heard of a rub and tug? I've never
4: heard of that. You no, know, I haven't.
3: That's big that was big in New York
2: City. Rub and had...
3: Tug. <laughs> you never heard of a rub. I had friends who used to go to rub and tug places all the time in New York. Down in Wall Street. There's a pile of them. They're called rub and tug. So So but the thing is, is there's so many rub and tug places you automatically think that you're gonna get you know finished off and so this poor Meredith I'm sure I can only imagine what she has to go through but I'm with you so I told my wife I'm like look I am just you know it's going to happen so I went up to I went up to get this massage I was nervous but you know I was prepared I was prepared and I was like okay so the woman starts giving me a massage and she's very nice and she's giving me a massage and I so I start to do chit chat cuz you know I just start chatting and talking about her family and she's like ah oh, you know I take care of my husband and he's very infirmed. I'm like, oh, that's sad. That must be really hard. Next thing you know, he's got an incurable disease and she's starting to cry. Oh, oh boy. and all nice. I can think of is definitely not going to get an erection now. <laughs> true story i was just like disappointed i, don't know. I was like i was like it's problem solved problem solved and the <laughs> fucked up part about the whole thing was a great massage she was literally crying and i was just oh, like Jesus. Ah, i'm not gonna talk the next time because this is so weird she's just crying i'm naked under a towel and this woman's crying and it sounds weird but i was just asking her nice questions for her, her, her husband and whether he wasn't doing so good so then oh. she she we talked and she was i i said i was a sculptor or whatever so she booked me or he booked me for another one and then i got the another one and i thought to myself all right don't fucking say a word don't talk about her parents don't talk about her family just get the you know get the massage blah 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 get the massage outstanding uh i told her not to use oil she used putting an oil on me and i was just like i'm gonna light on fire when I get back to the shop so don't 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 you know you don't grease me up anymore I, I get dressed and I leave, and there's a guy in the waiting room. And she intru- she says, oh, Jeff, I want, you to, I want to introduce you to this, this guy. And I'm like, what? what so I guess after I'd gone to the masseuse, uh, she had told her, this client of hers about, you know, that I'm a sculptor. And he's trying to come up with, um, he wants to make a pair, of, he wants to go into business selling a pair of hands that you can massage yourself with. So he wants to find someone who's willing to cast somebody's hands and to make a perfect copy of the masseuse's hands to be made into God knows what. You know, in my mind, he's explaining it to me and I'm like, you know, I'm like drowsy from the thing and he's trying to come up with the. She put him behind me so he could pitch an an, an idea to me and then he's talking about me making a prototype. For these fucking hands that are going to be, you know, be able to, you know, put on the door and you can rub up your back on. (laughs) (laughs) the jungle book. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you, I was just like, and as soon as he starts giving me this pitch, all I can think of is, well, I can never go back to this woman again. You know, it's just like, I finally have a good thing. We've done with the crying and now she's pitching me business plans. And I said to the guy, I'm like, well, what do you mean? What do you think this is? And next thing I know, it sounds to me like it's just some sort of you know, sexual device. Like, I'm going to, I'm gonna like, cast this woman's hands, and we're going to figure out a way to put, like, something inside of the hands that'll make it stiff enough that you could rub some yourself with it.
4: Oh, Jesus
3: Christ. And then he said, and I said, like, well, what are you going to do? I'm going to make this. He said, what would you charge to make a mold? I'm like, what, are you going to send this to China? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, I'm not doing it. And then I was just like, I had to fire the masseuse. I'm like, can I have a little... Can't I just get a rub and relax? Why don't I have to get fucking... Everything's a thing with this basseuse. Not relaxing. Both times were not relaxing. The massage was good, but the extraneous stuff was, like, awful. So that's the answer. too bad. Get yourself an erection, 10% off. 10% 10% <laughs> off a rub and tape and I've talked <laughs> oh poor Meredith well, thank you Meredith and in regards to books and stuff like that on forging uh, you guys have any books that you would suggest
4: not on sword making I mean there's a few on knives um, that I've got and I, I, I quite like but nothing on swords no um, unfortunately not All right.
2: There, there's a Swedish maker Named Peter Johnson. Um, has nothing to do with rubbing tugs.
3: (laughs) I mean, he can't make this shit up. (laughs) And give me right
2: down the door from like, uh, George (laughs) Weiner. Uh, and he is probably the world's foremost sword scholar. Um, and he has a really awesome book. He has these, um, it talks about kind of like the sacred geometry of swords and the sword design. And so when it comes to figuring out different lengths and, and width of the guard and length of the handle and the blade and the balance points and all those kind of different things, uh, that's a really awesome book. Um, but outside of that, when it comes to forging, I, I mean, I don't think a lot of people are interested in taking classes right now, but online information, there's always, again, there's Jason Knight we talked about last week. Uh, in his forge series um and the fundamental skills you can learn there you can transition into blade forging for larger for larger blades like swords
3: that is a great video and then I actually just talked to Pat Quinn who sent me a pair of tongs which were beautiful at the center for metal arts and they are teaching classes and they they have um they have uh, housing available. Um, and it might not be swords, but it's like, if you want to get into blacksmithing, also look up books from um, Jack Andrews. Jack Andrews' New Edge of the Anvil. Uh, that's a great forging book. That's a great forging book. I think that's right, Jack Andrews. I'm pretty sure it's Jack Andrews. And then, yeah, I mean, it's all not going to be swords right out of the chute. So.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went from... Pork swords to real swords in what two three Pork minutes? Pork swords, how dare you! Um,
3: Steve Ellis says, "I know you didn't ask, but you should turn up Craig's mic. I can barely hear half the shit he mumbles." <laughs> Meanwhile, Fader <laughs> is blowing out my eardrums. <laughs> 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 oh my
4: God, I love a Friday.
3: Okay, Aubrey Hummer says, get, "Get
4: some good headphones, Steve."
3: Yeah, Steve, I you, you I think you're you know if you are playing on a bad headphones, you're playing on a bad headphones. He, he Craig's mi- mixing this perfect. Um, Aubrey Hummer says, "I know you didn't ask, but uh, I I have uh, I could have a knife making superpower. It would be to not go to the bathroom all day. I hold it and hold it as much as I can, but this teacup sized bladder interrupts me in the middle of every process."
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Comes with age. Comes with age.
3: Uh, Jeb Taylor yeah. says, "Gentlemen, here's some unsolicited advice about cutting stainless steel foil: long size, straight clip, aviation snips." Most snips of this style have tiny serrations that make the foil not a razor blade after being cut. I still wear gloves, and it's nice to have one less edge trying to steal my blood. Keep up the great work, hmm. sla- uh, from Jeb. I am a. Yeah. I do razor blades. I uh, use razor knives to cut my stainless foil and straight edge, and it's the best. I do that.
4: Mm. I still use, I just put a glove on and use scissors, but um, I find they blunt the scissors really quickly yeah. as well, obviously. The
3: mm. it's disposable razor blades, and then you score it, is really good. But the trick is you can't start at the edge. You have to, like, pierce mm. the stainless like an eighth of an mm, inch yeah. after the edge so it doesn't pull the stainless steel. But um, I'm getting the best results in terms of cutting, and I don't like using scissors. I don't want to, I like to keep my hands away from that, those, the foil anyway. But the, 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 the box cutter is really good steve ovenshire uh, uh ovenshire steve is such a good dude he's making swords and he's making like uh knives for like the rock and movies he makes he's making movie stuff he's awesome really great dude um hey guys i know you didn't ask but the question last week i have 200 bucks how do i become a knife maker struck a nerve seriously i'm all for that young man becoming a knife maker and i applaud his initiative he might be the next Jerry Fisk, for Christ's sakes. However, I get that ask, that question asked weekly. My answer is always, every time, is save up and take a damn class. Proper training and, uh, and the resulting techniques will save you time and money in the long run. YouTube is a great resource, but it doesn't uh, in any way replace hands-on learning from a qualified instructor. With the newly acquired knowledge, you will know uh, what to spend your money on in the future. Think of a marathon, not a sprint. Ran over, and of course, all the obligatory things like, I love the show, you guys rock, keep, uh, keep the good work, and please, more penis jokes. Well, we've done that. <laughs> really? We've taken care of that in <laughs> advance, Steve. Uh, peace and love, Steve. So
4: There we go. There we know. go. I think that could be um, a cue to maybe end the show. Before we do, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, I like after morning. You, you guys are like, it's a different vibe. I like
4: it. <laughs> Dreams for the week. What what are we hoping to achieve this week? Um and yeah, what, what's the ultimate for the week? Uh, let's start with Jeff. What we got? Well, I got some forks to finish, which some weirdo forks.
3: I want to do some different forks. I'm going to change my fork around. Uh, I want to do more. Like, there's this new thing, and I was talking to Tony about it because you know he was a professional chef, my business partner. There are these forks that these chefs are using for pasta, and they're like a they're like a the fork. Hmm. What Tony told me most forks are for the plating. No. Out. It's me. for like uh-uh. being able to sh it, it the resistance can tell you how done something is. So like in the professional kitchens they're using these long forks. it's almost like it's like a two pronged fork and it's not like like a fork you would use to eat with. It's almost like looks like a like a, a tuning fork and it's for to see. Um, the doneness of your fish, the doneness of your of your, of your your uh, beef, but also a lot of chefs like Chef Mark Vetri and all these like hot shot Italian guys are using it to plate their pasta. So I want to kind of, I'm doing two different styles of forks I got to finish up uh, next week, but I want to get into like this high-level pasta fork. I want to get into the, I got to knock into that teez- tweezer craze, you know, going to get me into that like, mm, I need the, fork, the next offset serrated knife. Game. I mean, it's fun. I mean, I like the. I, I would love to do tweezers. P.S.
2: Fader Forks. A shout has a good out to, to it,
3: though. Fader Forks. That's what they. have. The spoon game's over. Uh shout out to uh, the Artificery, who made a pair of t- uh, plating tweezers out of Damascus, about as good stainless, as stainless. Stainless Damascus. I sent the Tweezer King Tim Musig of JB Prince over to him. He J, yeah, those are the uh, those are the nicest tweezers of all time. i love to make tweezers. Plating tweezers. So that's the nice. I don't have a dream. <laughs> <I'm>
4: wide awake. <laughs> <laughs> uh Morocco.
2: Well, fingers crossed everything goes smooth with this steel I'm working on right now. Uh like I said after the show, after we're done recording, I'm going to Blast off the forge scale and chop it up and stack it and get one more weld for the day. Uh, tonight is actually date night for my wife and I for the first time in like nice. fucking like four or five months. Actually, I think the last real date we had do? was not last summer, but the summer before last. So actually, actually probably been like a year and a half now wow. almost. Um and the last day we went on. Our son ended up getting stung like six times by wasps. So we ended up cutting that date short. So, um, oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, that was, one. that was, I mean, geez, <laughs> that <please>. was grandma. <laughs> just keep him No, he was at his grandparents' and the kid was dudes just running around. And honestly, like, he was good. Um, we had minor concerns because Sarah has, uh, an allergy. I do not. Unfortunately, he does not. Um, there was no weirdness or craziness, like swelling or anything like that, but she gets bit once and she'll start like her throat starts closing up and all kinds of crazy shit. So anyways, wow. um, so date night tonight, I don't know what we're, so we're planning on grabbing some drinks at a friend's restaurant and then, uh, we're going to go hit up this Korean, um, barbecue place and get some Dang. food. And, Are you going to be and- doing the cooking yourself? Uh, no, we're, we're doing takeaway, so it's going to be all prepped okay. and then we're going to probably find, you know, it's actually been a really beautiful day. Um, and so I think we're going to just try to find somewhere to hunker down and hang out in a nice spot and eat our food and just kind of chill by ourselves without nice. the dude. Obviously we love our kid, but holy smokes, it's, it's been a year and a half since we've had some time to ourselves. <laughs> Get ready for the, the phone call.
3: The, um, Victor's uh. bit by a snake. <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah. i mean what else this bird flew in the window and went straight for him we don't know what to do better come home
2: yeah so um and then yeah that's basically it just just looking forward uh to not messing up any other stuff nice
4: okay i need to finish this bloody space knife this week um I've I've got to a point and I just I just set it aside. But yeah, this week that needs to be finished. Um, hopefully, you know, by next weekend. Um, I'm hoping to get the second prototype of the folding knife finished, and this is the one with the alternative handle. So I think there's going to be two different sort of handles uh, scales, um, and this is the second scales now that I, I just need to test out. Um, so yeah, so it's it's going to be a good week. Hopefully, um, not much can go wrong. And I just hope I get more time in the shop this week than than I did the past week um and that's my week so yeah hopefully um all you guys listening um will have a good week too um and i think that that's a wrap we shall speak to you all again now actually i don't think we are speaking to you next week i think we've got the takeover next week looking at the dates but um we shall speak to you very soon bye for now
3: this show is brought to you by the makery the podcast network for makers
4: Right, I just um just pulled up the calendar actually. It is so this one this episode's gone out on the 1st. Um okay. n- no, 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 that's February. No, Maybe this like is the March,
3: this March 1st. It's come out
4: on March 1st. Yeah, this is March 1st. It's St David's Day, um which is the uh oh, is Pacific it Wales. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, March the 1st. So yeah, so March the 8th then, which is the following episode oh, right. will be the takeover episode with Holly. Killing. I can't wait does to hear. She it. does she
3: so she have it, she I, I, she's working so hard on this. I, I can't wait to see what she does. You think there's going to be a lot I of I think or? she's
4: got lots of people She's she's done sort of like short chats with lots and lots of different like female makers. Um, she's sending me over an edit tonight, so I'm looking forward to listening to that. actually. she should be good. She's so cool.: really I talked to her on the phone. she's mm. just you know she's just a cool person. She's really
3: very, very into it, you know we' really yeah. really I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah, yeah, it will be cool. And it gives us a weekend off damn right ooh, a ooh. week day off i like well, fridays off, this is fun i, is I like t- this works for me dude i it, i'll tell you what i like the energy i like the energy i mean Moreco, you were like i mean you're awake you know I, I, felt, <laughs> I felt bad i felt bad all those times you were you know you weren't and this is better and fridays are my shipping day so like i'm usually not as you know crazed so like it's a great way to end the week for me i love it oh nice
4: Cool, yeah. It suits me this time of night as well, so it's all oh. good. So yeah, I just fucked up today. That's speaking all. Of, speaking of speaking of
3: drinks, we have been drinking. My wife and I have been drinking Manhattans.
4: Fucking good drink. Mm-hmm. Is this what what's in a Manhattan? <laughs>
2: Is that the first I'm, time you've ever had a Manhattan?
3: No, it's not the first time. But like, okay. you know, my I mean, no, not the first time. I don't really order cocktails, but. It was a, somebody, I don't know who it was was drinking Manhattan. So I'm like, oh, let's make a fucking Manhattan. I got all this booze. My landlord gave me all this bourbon. So I'm like, oh, you got to get some, so it's bourbon, uh, sweet vermouth, some bitters, and a cherry. Fucking good. It's delicious. My wife and I have been
4: sharing, sharing Manhattan. It's been great. Nice, nice. Manhattan's in the winter. Aperol's in the summer.
3: Well, Aperol spritzes in the winter too. In the winter too, she don't give a shit. She
4: (laughs) she still going. Hillary's just like
3: (laughs) you got her hooked. She's just just like, hey, let's have some Aperol spritzes. I'm like, twenty degrees out now. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what temperature it is outside. (laughs) So we're having Aperol
2: spritzes all winter long. If you're liking that Aperol, you should try a Boulevardier. Have you heard that one? I've so heard I don't know what wow. I don't know it is. It's basically a Negroni. Are you familiar with a Negroni?
3: I do. Yes, yeah. Yes. It's yeah. So essentially it's, Oh,
2: go ahead. it's yeah, it's equal parts gin, sweet vermouth and uh an aperitif like Campari or Aperol. Right. And then um but so what a Boulevardier is is uh, you substitute bourbon for the gin. But it's huh. the same drink and it gets like a an orange peel and uh it's super tasty, so that's not too different from uh Manhattan. Mm. No, it's not. I mean, a lot of those old cocktails are super simple, straightforward. It's fun, and then yeah. you know
3: what else we've been drinking?
2: Fucking hard
3: kombucha. you know what that? Oh oh jeez, no, oh. Hillary used to make kombucha, and it was great, and it really gets your your gut it's for your gut health, and it you know mm. if you have any problems. It'll, it's like, you know, get, You don't drink too much of it Probiotics, because it's like, right? oh, it's straight to the bathroom. Net- natural but, cultures. Yeah, whatever. We've been getting the hard ones. It's like, it's like a sparkling rosé. Fantastic. Sure. Really? Oh, it's oh. great. Yeah. We've been, and then it's like, you know, 4% so you don't feel as like,
4: you know, you don't yeah, feel like you're drinking. A bit, a bit lighter. Yeah. Fear.
2: Hmm. nice the the poor man version Um, i used to do is uh is uh like a bragg's unfiltered apple cider with some lemonade a little bit of water and um and then whatever like vodka or something like that super damn you're like a mixologist (laughs) yeah you were talking once about a necrony the neck what's that oh no necrony a necroni so it's like a negroni but before you make the drink you wash the glass with absinthe and a Dang. lot of absinthe oh, drinks have geez. yeah it's fucking delicious Push. it's so good and i know absinthe has like a bad rap but honestly it's just back in the day absinthe was probably the strongest uh spirit that was available at the time and now it's mm. the traditional absinthe they did like some chemical testing or chemistry and shit like that. And they, they didn't find it to be any more potent alcohol wise or any other quote unquote hallucinogens either um, than anything that's available today. So that's why a lot of places have made it available again now. A lot of states. I like absinthe. I like it. It's, it's good. If you, uh, if you like uh, anise or a black licorice flavor. Wait. Pff. What's
3: the difference between absinthe and chartreuse? Mm,
2: it's so absinthe has like a black licorice flavor, and Chartreuse okay. it, it ha, has more of a green tint. I feel like it's more like ugh, it's almost like a like toxic minty. green. It's
3: a it's like yeah. it's like slimer <laughs> it's from like Ghostbusters
4: t- <laughs> <Exactly>. green. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I no, I can't anything that's like hard like that. I just can't. Even like cocktails, I. I I'm not into it. At oh, all. yeah. The Craig, last
2: time we talked about you drinking bourbon,
4: <laughs> you, like, puked up your guts, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> terribly. Terri- uh, yeah. I was at the conference, and I had to do it like a... a to- oh, it was the worst thing. Worst thing. I can know. Ugh. You know, Craig, there's a drink, there's a beer that
3: I got a long time ago in France when I was, I mean, high school. And I could never find it again. I found it. I guess I found it at a specialty shop. But it's like it's like a Scottish beer, but it has whiskey in it. It was called Have You ever heard of that?
0: I've been no, trying to find this goddamn no.
3: shit. It's it's beer, and then there's a little bit of whiskey in the beer. And yeah, it was yeah. a fucking high school kid tasted great. I mean, it was like, I was like, fucking give me some
0: more <laughs> of this.
4: And it was super yeah. hard to find. I've never heard of one with. There's loads of beers over here with, like, tequila and things like that in them. I've never heard of one with whiskey in, but uh, mm. Adelscott. No, i never Ur. heard of that. No, I like Friday the, afternoon drink talk. Yeah. I know,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Time for the drinks. One last thing about your, uh, your hard kombucha. So that's kind of a play on a, a type of drink called, or uh, an additive called a shrub, uh, which is used in making cocktails. And essentially what you do is you do equal parts, like, fresh fruit or frozen fruit, vinegar, and, like, a simple syrup mix. And it's super sweet. But what you do is you just take a ladle of that, some soda water, and your cocktail of choice or your spirit of choice over the top of that, and you basically are getting kind of that same flavor. Huh. Shrubs. huh.
3: Yeah, I can imagine mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that, that's the one thing about kombucha is it's got a little too much of a vinegary taste to it for me. Yeah. Sour. I love I'll tell vinegar. you, drink... T- Drink talk, me too. to uh, drink talk. There, the uh, one thing we go to every every summer we go to, um, in, in this small little place called City Island. It's it's like a real like old school Italian place. It's like this tiny little island that you can drive to, off uh, off the Bronx, and it's like these Ita- old school Italian restaurants and seafood. And there's mm. this place called Johnny's Reef, and it's like a giant cafeteria, and they have. They have fried shrimp and fried lobster tails and people go in, people show up with like tons of money and it's, and it's very like low budge, super low budge. Like you go in there and you're just like, this place looks dirty. And you go in there, you get your tray and then you can get the cherry stone clams and you can get the fried shrimp and then you can get the, I mean, whatever you, frog's legs, everything you want. But their specialty is a frozen pina colada and then they put in a floater of Hennessy on top. Okay. <laughs> I don't like pina coladas, but when I go to Johnny's Reef and I get the cherry stone clams and I get the shrimp cocktail and the whatever, I gotta get the pina, the frozen pina colada with the
2: Hennessy floater. Nice. I can't explain mm. it. It's like the Cadillac. <laughs> so, good. so we have at the, a lot of the Mexican restaurants here, we have a Cadillac margarita, which is just a basic margarita, but it's got a, a Grand Marnier float on top.
4: Floaters are good.
2: But it seems like the floaters only work with the frozen drink.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Otherwise, they're just a mix. Surely. Yeah. Sure. So, what's on your drink? Man? This is drink talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I need to get off because I've got this this batch of beer, which is at a sort of halfway. I'm oh, yeah. to boil it's it's like it now. The halfway it's like point. midnight now, right? It is eleven twenty-eight now. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to boil for an hour. Then it's going to take about thirty minutes for like a rapid cool, um, and then it's going to fermenter. Um, so it's going to be a late. What's night, the yield? What'll uh, be the yield of this batch? This is twenty-three liters, so um, twenty-three liters is probably about fifty pints, fifty-five pints. And will you go through all of it? Um, yeah. It, well, it's, you just put in the keg, and um, yeah, just slowly, just yeah, work my way so away. This yeah. is the, yeah. I are think the that's last about few, six gallons, like, shit. right? I think, yeah, I think, yeah, just about. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And you don't get sick of it. No, no, I I I I don't drink a lot to be honest with you. You know, I'll have maybe one or two glasses in the, in an evening. But um but you know, when what <laughs> I say normally when we got like family over and things like that, you know, that we fly through it, but obviously that's not happening at the moment. But um you know, it'll it'll stay in the keg. It'll stay, you know, fresh for well, well as long as you want really, but ideally IPAs that they're, they're better drunk fresh, you know, so you still get that sort of hop I want I want a sip of that. Yum, yum. I'm not. Nice. You'd have to come yo, over. Yeah, more than welcome to the to the I pub. know you're. I know you're.
3: <laughs> l- l- you're leaving and everything like that. I can't. I'm, I stopped drinking carbonation, uh, with the exception really? of the kombucha, uh, because I was having yeah. like, I was feeling bloated and I'm feeling not great. And then my wife says, "Well, mm. you know, you fucking drink a lot of seltzer water." I'm like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "You drink like six cans a night." And oh, I Jesus, stopped lot, drinking seltzer water, Jesus. and I feel like a million bucks. I feel different.
4: I'm not surprised. Six and six and well, in. Well, we're a day.
3: Six in a day. Yeah. Like, I'm off the carbonation. Like I'm not drinking beer. I'm not drinking any carbonation. I feel better. I don't think we're supposed mm. to drink carbonation. I'm being crazy now. I
4: think anything. I don't think it's meant to drink most things. It's I'm moderation. Telling yeah, you. moderation. I don't think you're supposed to drink any of it. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> drinking. <laughs> right. I've got a, a bit of news actually regarding the show. We've got a, a new, not a sponsor as such. Um, we have got a product review. Um, so. um... Do you know the can twist um, clamps? Yes. They're the clamps that they, they don't, they haven't got like a uh, like a spiral action to them, so they don't twist things as you clamp things oh, together. Nice. Um, they, they can send three of us like a, like a care package nice. to do a product review on them. Sure. But um, I think they'll be perfect for sort of gluing up liners, that kind of thing, because, you, you know, they won't twist off. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it's not like our book review. <laughs>
2: oh, my God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> don't say a fucking word. <laughs> <laughs> say
4: a word. <laughs> that didn't really happen did I'm it sure. no. yeah keep quiet about that but um yeah so you'll get a, you'll get something in the post uh, well he had the addresses today so whenever they come um yeah we'll sort something out cool right have a good um weekend the two of you and uh, i will speak to awesome. you soon though. bye guys yeah. cheers cheers bye, bye bye
3: this show is brought to you by the makery the podcast network for makers